Shumrabyug. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Sure listen, the podcast taking a pop at culture. Sherlock, sure sure listen. Sherlock, sure sure listen. Sherlock, sure sure listen. Sherlock, sure sure listen. Sherlock. Sure listen. Sherlock, sure listen. Sherlock, sure listen. You're very good, Benjamin. It's me, popular podcast character, Paddy O'Wackery, and I'm back. And I'm here because it's a special Irish week on Sherlock Sherlisten, the podcast that talks like this. So, Benjamin, Sherlock, we don't have time for any messing because we have to have a look at the the programme. What's it called? The portable door. What's going on with the magic door? It's me, Bosco. Also, there's a new thing called Silo, Michael Bay's Silo. And two new films called Ghosted. And The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid. <laughs> and, would you believe, you've seen The Mandalorian episode too. And the Oscars was on and there was all sorts of paddywhackery. <laughs> listen, Michael, if that... Oh, that was awful. <laughs> listen, Michael, that was a tough listen. <laughs> listen, Michael, if that wasn't enough. I now resent the name of this podcast because I feel that it paddywhacks too close to the sun. But th- we are also talking about, Michael, it's bloody the week of St. Patrick's. Shocked in Nguelga, boys and girls. It's it's an Irish cultural sensation. So we've only gone with a very Irish-themed episode, Michael. This week we'll be taking a look at the Irish Gothic, a subgenre all its own, featuring some of the hits of Irish bloody tropes. We're going to take a look at movies like The Banshees of Inisherin. We're going to take a look at movies like Calvary. We're going to take a look at vampires who are lesbians sometimes. Or are they? Or Michael, are they? we have loads to talk about. I'll tell you what though, Benjamin. All joking aside, isn't it great that Shocked in the Gaelga, or as it's known in English, Ben, Irish Week, is ironically two weeks. I've never understood that, Michael. It's what, great what stuff. Are they doing? It's great stuff altogether. What are they doing? Lads, what are you doing? What are you doing? It should be Benjamin, look. Speaking <laughs> of... Michael. If you're, if you're really looking for accuracy, we have a two-week phrase in Irish. It's called Kaikish. Kaikish Nguelga would be perfect. It's a very popular video game as well. I was, I've done a big match on Kaikish last night, they say. Benjamin. Yeah. Look, we've no time for this Kaikish messing because Shiger. speaking of things unnecessarily being done twice we've seen the trailer for The Portable Door Michael what do you mean? Is this the second time? Well I watched this 15 years ago when it was starring Matt Damon it was called The Adjustment Bureau It was Michael I was going to make the exact same joke you son of a gun you've pipped me to the post I've pipped you to the post Benjamin using my magic door uh, this time, Michael, they don't seem to be a bunch of anal retentive suit boys, though. They seem to be a, a whimsical kind of Harry Potter-esque agency of coincidence. Mm, it's the Harry Potter world universe version of the Adjustment Bureau, starring Matt Damon and a love interest. And a love interest. I, I can't remember My- who it was. Michael, what's happened to Christoph Waltz? It was Emily Blunt in the Adjustment Bureau. It was Emily, Emily Blunt. Blunt. You're entirely right. Yeah, he was throwing away his entire presentation campaign for Emily Blunt. Sure, who wouldn't? Senator David Norris, if I recall correctly. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not throwing away my senatorial run for some floozy. Of course, of course um, when, when I was growing up in in what was called at the time, I can't remember. Where's David Norris from? This is too niche, Ben. This is too niche. <laughs> 
Not to mention that my David Norris erred dangerously into Mark Hamill Joker territory. Mm. Anyway, look, this is the Adjustment Bureau, but it's magic. And there's a secret behind the scenes government agency who makes sure coincidences happen to make sure everything's kept on track. And how do they do it? <laughs> they do it with a magic towel. Michael, we have fun. You and I. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really we enjoy this podcast. That's all that It's almost entirely. I mean, the freeform nature of this week's episode in particular just highlights how little thought we put into this. Ben, no, it's a magic towel. It's a, it's a magic towel, Michael. And the only title less interesting than the magic towel is the one they went with: the portable door, mm. or the what adjustment a- bureau. It sounds, Michael, it has it has the ring of an infomercial. Are you tired of having your doors stay in one place? Take it with you. Um, it, it oh, Just just pour all around. There's a Hermione Granger, Michael. There's a young, uh, a new young buck on the block learning the ropes. And he gets a little advantage. He goes to the room of requirement. Sorry, no, he gets the portable door um, mm. that gives him access to everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah like Matt Damon. Ben. Is this a low-budget yeah. job, or is this going to be, like, in cinemas? I think it's going to be in cinemas, Michael. It's got it's got Sam Neill. Okay, yeah, he's from The Piano. It's got Sam Neill, and it's got Christoph Waltz, Michael. Christoph Waltz is a strange one, though, isn't he? What's he doing these days, Michael? What's he up to? What's he got? He really seems to have squandered his goodwill from Inglorious Bastards. Uh, he's he's resurfaced now, Michael. He's in he's in the consultant on I think it's Amazon Prime where he plays a a kind of a a creepy malevolent consultant who comes in to downsize a company, a gaming company. I've seen him with the white hair. I didn't realize that was Christoph Waltz. Yeah, he's a bit. It's a bit Severance meets horror, I guess. Well, I mean, not that Severance isn't horror, but you you get what I mean, Michael. Severance was pretty damn spooky anyway. But look, I've no interest in the portable door. It was really just there so we could make references to the superior 2012 film, The Adjustment Bureau. If if anything. And that, that is saying something, Michael, because 2012's The, the Adjustment Bureau, not a winner. No, it's not great. It's just about a man with a hat. We might be the only two people that... Yeah, the hat's magic. Do you remember that in the Adjustment Bureau? Yeah, yeah. The hats yeah, are yeah. magic. That's how you access the magic doors in the Adjustment yeah, yeah. Bureau. You wear a yeah. hat, a fedora. A yeah. You wear a special hat. The world's worst, the world's absolute worst security measure ever. You need a special hat. Special so can anyone hat. use the hats? They can, yeah. They can, yeah. <laughs> Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of, I think it's Apple. I think Apple's responsible for a lot of the dreck we're being served up with this week. But speaking of unnecessary remakes of previous um, movies, did you see the trailer for Silo? I did. I did see the trailer for Silo, Michael. Michael, we've seen this as well. Yeah, Michael Bay's The Island, but this time it's underground. We've seen this a few times. This is Snowpiercer, Don't Go Outside. Yeah, yeah. This is The Room, Don't Go Outside. Mm-hmm. Michael Bay's The Island. This is Michael Bay's The Island. This is 10 Cloverfield Lane, Don't Go Outside. Don't go outside, there's Cloverfields. Uh, uh, do you know why you wouldn't want to go outside? Cloverfields. This is, ben, the biggest, the biggest twist in 10 Cloverfield Lane was that there were Cloverfields. I know, we never saw it coming. We thought it was just an abuse <laughs> of John Goodman. Yes, do you think there are going to be Cloverfields in this? Is this secretly a Cloverfield spin-off? Oh, it's a Cloverfield spin-off, Michael. They got us. <laughs> they got us again. They by got sneaking us again. Into the Apple. sons of bitches. <laughs> they keep tricking us with Cloverfields. 
<laughs> they keep um, getting us, Michael. They keep getting us. Yeah, we yeah. just don't. We never learn. I tell you what, it, it's it's looking pretty good though, isn't it? Ah, uh, Michael, it looks like a very tense, um, dystopian society making the best of things. Don't go outside. Don't go outside. It's full of COVID. It does look quite good, though. I would imagine this is probably quite heavily inspired by the uh, the anxious agoraphobia that was brought on by Covidium. Yeah, we're going to see a lot, I think, of don't go outside narratives over the next few years. Yeah, we're probably going to be awash in don't go outside narratives. It's not great, mm. Michael. Um, Silo does look very interesting, though. It looks like it's got good performances all round. It looks very tense, very taut. It looks like there's a good little mystery. What is going on? What is It's Cloverfields. I thought we established that it was Cloverfields. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We just established that it was Cloverfields. My apologies. So there's Cloverfields, Michael, and you're not to go outside. There's an absolute shitload of Cloverfields, so you can't go out. Um, Look, I'll probably watch an episode or two. This strikes me as something that I'll watch an episode or two of. Michael, you and I are forced constantly to weigh up whether or not we should continue series or not due to the nature of our weekly uh, bloody pop culture podcast. That is awful. It's a terrible way to enjoy entertainment. We ruined entertainment for ourselves when we took this upon us. I've been watching Picard, though. Picard season oh. three. Fuck off. How dare you? How have, dare you bring Picard have, into this? It's not even on the running order. The cheek of you. I didn't even. It's just you just said it there and I realised I've been watching it. I'm up to episode four. It's kind of all right. Terrible Star Trek OK TV series. We might come back to it at a later date, maybe when the series is over. Exhumed, perhaps, Michael. Exhumed. In 20 years' time. Speaking of, though, going to the well one too many times with the same actors and the same concept. Yes. How would you feel about a Chris Evans, Ana de Armas spy thriller comedy, then? Because I don't think we've had enough of that specific combination of words. Um, I'll, I'll take one half of that concept. Michael. A Chris Evans spy thriller. Yeah, absolutely. Very Got it good. in one. Okay. Got it in one. Right. They could have split it into a Chris Evans spy thriller and an Anna de Armas comedy, and you would have watched both of them, Ben. Oh, but Michael, Michael, what it's is it? inverted. What is it? There's an inverted trope at play here, Michael. Oh, what is it? Is it this time it's the Chris woman Evans is the It's Chris Evans who's spy. a silly boy running all over town after a lady and not oh. a woman getting silly about a man. What a rom-com twist. Uh, oh, my God. Well, it's, this is the 2023 thinking, Ben. It's really this from so me forward. for a tizzy. Now, Michael, I have noticed in the past few weeks, you and I have become increasingly right-wing as a bit. Yes. Right? Yes. Let's do it. Uh, my goal <laughs> for us, Ben... My goal for us is to get a, a spot on national television where we espouse all of our right-wing ideas. And people say, do you really believe that? And we go, no, we were just kind of exaggerating for, for comedy. <laughs> just taking the piss. Go, but you've Look, got lots of followers who agree with you. It's like, yeah, no, they're the worst. They're the worst. What a bunch of ding-dongs. Um, no, come here to me, Michael. Look, the trailer for this is fine, but we've seen this. It's a bit This Means War with uh, Chris Pine and Tom Hardy fighting over Reese Witherspoon. Of all oh, people. Remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was it. Straight to the misogyny. <laughs> that's not misogyny, that's resogyny. I really don't oh. like Reese Witherspoon. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's the jaw. I feel like it unhinges and can devour people. Mm. Men, specifically. I see where you're coming from. Ben, um, yeah. this feels like someone wants to capitalise on the fact that Anadarmus was underused in Bond. And the Grey Man. And the Grey Man. She was in the Grey Man for some reason. That was weird. With Chris Evans. With Chris Evans and Chris Pine. 
No, uh, Ryan Gosling. But it's an easy mistake nah, to make. All the same. It's an easy mistake to make. Um, I, look, it's fine, Michael, but it's 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 definitely not going to be anything we haven't seen seven or eight times. Yeah, I mean, the trailer, even if your entire twist can be revealed in the trailer, it's not really a twist, is it? Not not really, Michael. They gave it away wholesale. They were just like, no, there's no mystery here. She's a spy. She's the spy the whole time. Do you think he's going to turn out to be a spy? Oh, do you think it's a do you think it's a double ruse? Is it a rue de guerre, as I say, Ben? Is it a double ruse? Well, I tell you what makes me inclined to agree with your opinion, Michael. He's very good at fighting in some parts of that trailer. Isn't he? Isn't he's he? Got a, isn't he just? He's very adept. Once or twice mm. there, Michael. So and I was going, going there? I thought he was a schlubby boyfriend. I thought he was yeah, a bit of a tool. He, I thought he was just a like a, a Seth Rogen type. Yeah. Wondering why his his sexy girlfriend is capable of so many things and he occasionally, you know, swings a vase or something and connects and he goes, Oh I did it. I, I did something good. Oh I did it. That's my Seth Rogan impression. I apologize to Seth Rogan. Oh, I thought, it was, Chris, Seth I thought Rogan. it was a very poor Chris Evans. No, that would have been pretty rough. Uh, but come here, I, it's interesting. So I, I don't know if you're a theory. It could be a rude guerre, Michael, as you said. Mm. We gotta, we gotta get rid of those Sokovia courts. <laughs> gotta, gotta, gotta blast them into the sun. Um, I can do this here. all day, Thanos. I, I wonder, Mark Michael, if there's, <laughs> I wonder, Michael, if there's a, a Chuck element to this where you can download stuff into somebody's brain. Hmm. I, I think is the that, most egregious is that what sin happened to Zachary this, Levy. Yes, what happened to Zachary Levy? You then become, you then change your name because you think Jewish people do better in Hollywood, and you become a bit of an anti-vaxxer and a right-wing question. It's, it's, it's. Is his name not Zachary Levy? No, it's not. He changed it. Did he? <laughs> to be more Jewish. Get out of here! That sounds like <laughs> a right-wing conspiracy business. theory, Ben. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I do not believe that for one second. You look that up, you spin your wheels while I make my next You keep talking about Ghosted and I'm going to look that up. The worst thing about this trailer, Michael, is, and the worst thing about this movie, I would argue, is that it's the word Ghosted. I I think that's so out of date. I think we're done with that, Michael. I think culturally we're a little bit beyond the term Ghosted. I think it's one of those things, I think it's another Hello Fellow Kids moment. His name's Pug. His name's Pug, like Florence Pug. Yeah, I know. I know. Get out I know, of here. I told you. I didn't make it up. His name's Zach Pug. Zach Pug. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um anyway, sorry. Yeah, ghosted Guan. Yeah, you took an instant dislike to this. I ju- I just feel like I don't take an instant dislike to the film. I just I just feel like it's not a it's it, it's it's not an it term. I feel like it dates it. I also think that the thumbnail for the trailer is shit. It's just Anna <laughs> de Armas and Chris Evans standing side by side in evening wear. Yeah. Anna de Armas and Chris Evans in a film. <laughs> Are they together? Most likely, yes. Will you, will you, do you want to see it? Do you want to see the film? Does it matter what it is? Is it Glass Onion? Not Glass yeah. Onion. What was the other one? The better one? Uh, uh, Knives Out. Knives Out. Is he going Schien's to wear a sweater? Amok. Yeah, Schien's Amok, as we say, on Shocked and the Gelga. Here on Kaikish Nagelga. <laughs> the appropriate Benjamin, name. for a second. And anyway, look, it's fine. We'll watch it. Okay. It's not Apple TV. It'll be free. Ben, Ben. <laughs> it's not free. You pay for Apple TV. <laughs> you bloody pay for it. Tell you what, Ben, though. 
Speaking of your right-wing conspiracy theories, you have a retraction to make from last week where you got all up in arms about Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh, no, Michael, you've made a, a classic uh, foible there. Uh, it's actually not a foible, not a foible, a classic <laughs> faux pas, Michael. A foible is a different yeah, yeah. thing. Ignore different me. Thing. Ignore me. I'll retract that, but you've to retract something much better. What is it? Michael, 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 Michael. J.M. Barry's original novel is called Peter and Wendy. It's called Peter and Wendy. It's not called Peter Pan and Wendy. It's called Peter and Wendy. It's called Peter and Wendy, Michael. And you, Michael, were yeah. swashbuckling your way about uh, the place, going, oh, it's wokeness gone mad. It's wearing it on PC sleeve. PC culture gone wild, Ben. It's not. It's just historic accuracy. Oh, I hate it. That's even worse. It's just bang on the money, Michael. J.M. Barry was a woke cook, and you hate it. <laughs> Oh, anyway, um, um, I actually don't think he was. I think there might be. I think he might be deeply, deeply problematic, J.M. Barry. But um, oh, good, 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 we'll get to that another time. Very good. But, but good. let's avoid that, Benjamin, by talking about a topic that isn't going to upset anyone, and that's the 2023 remake of The Little Mermaid. Michael, I don't see how this could upset anybody. It's the strangest thing I've ever fucking seen. No one is going to be upset. By weird, freaky underwater Javier Bardem without any legs. What is that, Michael? Why is <laughs> Javier Bardem in this film? He's he's like he's the now I know the original is an animated movie, Ben, but he's just the king from SpongeBob. He is. That's he's spot the king on from SpongeBob. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's something else, isn't it? It's it's certainly something to look at. Ah, uh, Michael, I I was. Very curious as to what was going on there. I could not for the life of me. make. On the one hand, it just looks cheap. I, I, I mm. don't know if I can say that, Michael. It looks like a Hallmark version of The Little Mermaid. It just looks I, weird. One of the things, and Benjamin, you'll know this from doing seven years of podcasting. I have no time for underwater films. I just don't like them. I don't, I to this day, don't think there has been a good film set underwater. Um, I, I would be inclined to agree. You can get away with it in animation, but especially in live action, you just it, you just can't do underwater well because people can't be underwater and do conversations. And it just, there's always something wrong with it. It either doesn't make sense or they contrive some sort of bullshit or they can't even follow their own rules I didn't yeah. like either of the aquam in remember in Justice League how underwater they had to like make air bubbles to speak and then they went we can't do that for a whole Aquaman film so let's just do away with that and have everyone Let's just scrap chat- that. Everyone's just chatting it up underwater and then bloody Black Panther 2 was too dark and grimy and pretty realistic underwater but why would anyone want to live there it was horrible. Also quite scary, Michael. I, I watched the opening scenes of Wakanda Forever. Very good. That would have been a great movie if they'd kept that tone. Mm, the scary men coming up out of the sea. Um, that was good stuff. But The Little Mermaid, yeah, just they've just done like... They're just... It's like normal land, but it's underwater, I guess. They're just normal land. They're normal, just innocent normal land. land. Everyone's just talking normal under the sea. And there's Harvey Arbardem. And there's, I don't know who's playing Ursula. Was it Melissa McCarthy? It's Melissa McCarthy, Michael. So this is what fascinates me, Michael. Now, I I could be miles wrong here. And probably am. 
and probably yeah, yeah, am Michael. Yeah. But I always thought Ursula was coded as a black villain. Oh. And what I mean by that is, Michael, it's never explicitly stated in one form or another what Ursula is. She's purple. She's an octopus lady. However, Michael, I always took her to be distinctly coded as black. And it was very interesting for me to see Melissa McCarthy because I was like, oh, that's not what I expected. Nothing wrong with that, Ben. I think it makes me racist. No, I think it's me. I think I'm racist. I think oh, I've done You're the racist. I knew you were the racist the whole time. Can I let you in a big, terrible secret, Ben? Go on. I've never seen The Little Mermaid. This, this, ah, Michael... Don't care. This is this just is so far out of my area of interest. I do not care. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. Um, is it any good? Look, I've seen it, Michael. I, I am a child of the nineties, and therefore saw all of the Disney Renaissance moments. But I, I, I tell you what, Michael, I'm not, I'm not all that pushed. I don't like <laughs> these remakes. I think they're very hollow cash grabs. Mm. In general, they took my favorite, Michael which was uh, Aladdin. And fuck me, that was bad. It was it was just run of the mill, wasn't it? I've forgotten everything about it now. Yeah, noted slapper Will Smith as the genie. A very poor substitute for Robin Williams. Mm. You've used slapper there to mean a person who slaps, but I haven't heard the way Irish people <laughs> use slapper in a few years. <laughs> it's, it's brought memories flooding back. What a great word. <laughs> what a bit absolutely... Of a Spectacular word. Let's bring slapper back, Ben. Speaking, Michael, of Will Smith being a slapper. Um, yes. <laughs> that's as, that's as buttery smooth a segue as I can offer you, Michael. Mm. The annual, the what, 87th? 80, 88th? It's the 95th, I think, Michael. Was it? The 95th I think so. annual Academy Award of Self-Congratulations was on. But, I Benjamin, think... Everyone, it doesn't matter, because everyone on the voting committee was very, very tired and they just said, let's give all of the awards to one film and we'll just go home. Uh, yeah, it was very easy this year, Michael. Very, very, <laughs> very easy. easy. Good, good job, them. Piece yeah. of piss. Piece so of piss. The, the biggest winner was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes. One of your favourite films from last year. Um, I loved it, Michael. I thought it was a phenomenal film. What a great, what a great exploration of generational trauma, the life of an immigrant and the pressure of tiger parenting in modern America. What a stunning achievement, Michael. And having hot dogs for fingers. And having hot dogs for fingers. Jamie Lee Curtis in a breakout role, Michael. Never seen her in anything before. Great with hot dogs. Yeah, yeah, great with hot dog fingers. Ben, I really enjoyed everything everywhere all at once for the weird journey it went on of starting off as a kind of fairly standard heightened dimension hopping kung fu thing like Jet Li's The One maybe and then just becoming one of the most bizarre films I've ever seen Balls to the wall Michael Absolute balls to the wall Benjamin and I think it won it got three of the four acting Oscars Did very well Michael Um Bloody Michelle Yeoh. It got Michelle Yeoh for best actor, actor, leading actor. I've never understood why they have male and female divisions in acting. Like of all the things where, Michael. Yeah, of all the things where you could argue that there are like differences between men and women, acting isn't one of them. Yeah, 
Why do they have best male actor and best female actor? I suppose because there's such different roles, Michael. I, I don't know. I don't know, Michael. Um, it does seem like an odd and arbitrary distinction. Doesn't it? In the world we live in, in the modern age. Yeah, the, the modern age, throwback. Michael. The in modern, modern age, age this week. In Kaikish Nibwede. The modern age. <laughs> as we say. It's a bit of a weird throwback. But anyway, um, Michelle Yeoh won Best Actress. Yeah. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt. No, old Jennifer Love Hewitt. What's her name? Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Thank she you. won. Yeah, she won Best Supporting Actress and Short Round won Best Actor. No, Best Supporting Actor. He did win Best Supporting Actor, Michael, because the the big winner on the night, Michael, was Brendan Fraser. The big winner was Everything Everywhere All at Once, Ben. No, Brendan Fraser. (laughs) Was it, though? Brendan Fraser won an apology Oscar for people being mean to him. I I think... uh, are Are we allowed to say that? Are we? I don't know. Is that what happened? I haven't seen The Whale. Is it any good? Does he do good I acting haven't, in it? I haven't seen it at all. My, I don't think it's out here yet. Has anyone seen it? Ask um, the listeners, Ben. But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing with the Oscars, Michael. The winners never make much cultural impact. It's it's always the runners-up you hear more about over time. Now, I think I think we might be in exception territory with everything, everywhere, all at once. Cool. I, I, think, I think we might be in exception territory there. But quite often, Michael... The actual winners on the evening don't go on to gain much acclaim. Coda, the winner of the year before, apart from being overshadowed by a tremendous act of violence, Michael, um, tremendous. It, I don't. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard anything about it. I've never heard anybody that's talked about it. I, I just, just haven't. I just was haven't. That Will, was that Will Smith slap at the Oscars? Yeah. Was that a year ago? Yeah! Get all the way up out of here. No, it wasn't, was it? It was, yeah. That's why I was talking about a tremendous act of violence. Yeah, well, no, that's how I put it together. I didn't realise. I thought that was about three weeks ago. Was that no, a I was year making ago? My bit. I did my bit. I did a segue, a buttery smooth segue. That wasn't a year ago, Ben. It was, yeah. No, it wasn't. They referenced it at the Oscars. No, I know. March 27, 2022. No way. That was yeah. a year ago. Oh, my God. Oh, well, life is 355 days ago, but yeah. Yeah, not quite a year. Like 50 weeks ago. Jesus Christ. That's know, shocking. That's the most shocking thing that's happened. Anyway, sorry, Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser won his Oscar. Um, yeah, good man. And I, I think, I don't know if it's fair to call it an apology Oscar. I haven't seen the film. He's supposed to be great in it, Michael. He's supposed to be great in it. Um... But I'm just not sure. I, I haven't seen it. I couldn't possibly say. I really don't think Go on. that the Oscars is any kind of indication of quality movie making anymore. Mm. Well, it was a very bad year this year for traditional Oscar bait. Yeah, it didn't, didn't do well at all, Michael. Absolutely blown out of the water, out of the water by something with a big pop culture presence in The Whale. And... Cute. Yeah. A fairly mainstream film in Everything Everywhere All at Once. A borderline superhero film, Michael. Borderline. Borderline, Michael. Mm. Um this this was um 
Oh, it's so interesting, Michael, because all the, there was there was quite a bit of a kerfuffle uh, in a few different places over the course of this Oscars run, Michael. Not unlike there is every year during the Oscars run, yeah, yeah. but yeah. in in this particular case, one of the things that happened, Michelle Yeoh retweeted a, a small article talking about how how she should win um, the the Oscar for Best Actress, and the article itself disparaged. It didn't disparage Kate Blanchett. I think that's probably unfair. It mentioned Kate Blanchett and it said, yes, Kate Blanchett is wonderful. And yes, Kate Blanchett is brilliant. And her depiction in Tar is stunning. An achievement. Wowie. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, 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 wow. But she's won one twice already. I'll get and rid of her then. The crux of the article was, Michael, wouldn't it be more significant if Michelle Yeoh was to be the first Asian woman to win one? Oh, is she the first Asian woman to win an Oscar? I would have to check Couldn't that. Couldn't possibly it w- be. Chloe Zhao won an Oscar, didn't she? Uh, I think Maybe as an actress. Acting. I think it's best actress. Okay. I think it's okay. best actress. Best actress. Okay. I think it's best actress. Let me be, let Maybe me be very they should clear have a new. Maybe they should have a new division for best Asian actress. No, Michael, that's going to get us cancelled. No, no. Best no, no. prefer not to say actress. Oh, you son of a bitch. You know, just get them. Just really break it down. I don't even agree with this whole best actress thing, Ben. It should just be best actor and best supporting actor. That won't go why well. Are why are they delineating it by male and female? Let me finish your my fucking point. have to do with your acting? Oh, for fuck's sake. Well, in some films, obviously. The, your yeah, the genitals play quite a key role in certain films. In certain films. But they have mm. their own awards. They have their own awards, Michael. And we don't cover those here on this podcast. No, um, not for another couple of years anyway. No, not anyway, until sorry. we really scrape the bottom of the barrel. But the the article's major argument was, wouldn't it be more culturally significant if uh, an Asian woman won Best Actress? And I went, just in my head, automatically I went, that's not what the Oscars are for. The Oscars mm. aren't there to make a cultural milestone point. It's Best Actress. <laughs> mm. Well, I mean, you could possibly argue the same thing about Brendan Fraser, though. That was a cultural yeah, milestone point. Yeah, Absolutely. I mm. I don't know if he deserved it. I haven't seen it, so I, I can't comment. I don't. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know. I I don't know. Um, he won that. Uh, Kate Blanchett didn't get nothing. Do you know who really didn't get nothing, Michael? The Irish, the island of Ireland, got fucking yeah, we got the nothing. Abs- we got the Jack Diddley. We got we got the worst shaft since fucking what's his name, it's John Peel and his. The soup. Dan, Dan, the soup. Uh, no, come here. We did win two things, Michael. One of the lads uh, on Best Special Effects was won by an Irishman. And we won the Best Short Film. Best Live Action Short Film for The Irish Goodbye. Um, oh, very good. And Is that, that was actually excellent Irish stuff. film, though? It is an, a fully Irish film, Michael. A fully Great. Irish film. Um, and it was very, very nice. The lead actor in that has Down Syndrome, Michael. It was his birthday upon the Oscars. And the lads, rather than waxing lyrical on stage, just took their time as a speech and wished him a happy birthday with the Academy. It was Good very nice. for them. Ben, yeah. did you see, sorry, before we talk about Irishness, did you see that Marvel won an Oscar for Best Costume Design for Wakanda Forever? What the Absolute fuck? nonsense. Some nonsense. great costume design in Wakanda Forever. A lot of it's just a, th- a holdover from Black Panther. But yeah, everything new. new in Wakanda Forever is atrocious. Yeah, I, I, uh, I couldn't it, understand you? it, Michael. Um, I was very upset that the 89-year-old grandmother who knitted all the sweaters by eye in Banshees of Inisherin didn't at least win that one. 
Oh, Benjamin, I can't understand how a film that featured those midnight angel suits and the the Riri Williams Ironheart suit won best costume design. It's an absolute mm. atrocity. Mm. Very anyway. strange. We just having a bit of dead air fun. <laughs> no, so I we just having, gonna have to edit that in. I have to edit in a bit of dead air where we both just went. Mm. <laughs> ben, every every podcast is someone's first podcast. Benjamin, tell us more about the Irish people not doing well. Well, Michael, it all started with the English. Um, <clears throat> no. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, there was a few, um, in, in classic uh, ham-fisted American fashion, Michael, there there was a few jabs at the fact that there were Irish people at the Oscars. Um, the primary one, Michael, was a very strange joke by Jimmy Kimmel, uh, which I have here on The Notion. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't want to get it wrong. But there were a few jabs at the expense of us Irish. And, Michael, it's nothing new, right? Paddy Wackery's been around for a long time. I think we did an episode on it once. But uh, he said five Irish actors are nominated tonight, which means the odds of another fight on stage just went way up. Hilarious stuff. Hilarious stuff. Oh, Michael. That's awful. I don't think it is, That's awful. I don't... uh, Who cares? My, My take on this is... There's, uh, I, I don't think anything should be sacred from comedy as long as it's funny. <laughs> I don't know if that is funny. Th- yeah, no, that's my point. The, the, the biggest crime Jimmy Kimmel has made there is not disparaging Irish people. So what? It's not um, being racially insensitive to Irish people. Who cares? It's not being funny. That's the biggest problem. Yeah, it's just not funny. It's just not funny. Do something funnier, like run out of things to say and just stare at each other while you're recording a podcast. Yeah, that's quite funny. It's called a dead air funnier. bit. Just yeah. do dead air. Just, just do dead Jimmy air. Jimmy Kimmel just looking at the camera going. Uh. <laughs> That'd be quite funny. That'd I'd be great. That'd be that. much better than most of his jokes. Um, but look, the, this, the, the other thing was there was wasn't there a big Saturday Night Live thing as well that ruffled a few Irish feathers yeah so there there was there was another incident um, just the, the week before I think or or, or just I think the uh, night before I think was it the night before Michael it was the night before was Saturday uh, Night Live so yes on Saturday Night Live that glorious institution that makes no sense to me because again Michael it, it's just not funny <laughs> it's not funny it hasn't been funny in about 25 years it's just not funny. Um, so, yeah, the way that, that went, Michael, was um, the joke echoed an NBC Saturday Night Live skit that depicted Farrell and his co-star Brenda Gleeson as unintelligible, with the SNL host exclaiming, wow, they haven't even started drinking yet. Um, Classic bit of paddy wackery. But the, the real insult, I think, there is that Colin Farrell hasn't drank in a very long time. He's a, he's a sober man. He doesn't touch the stuff. Um, yeah, look, though. At the end of the day, if you're a public, if if you're if you've d- dedicated your life to becoming notorious in the public eye, you are saying I am a legitimate target for your mockery and your parody. Um, again, the, the biggest crime of it is just it's not funny. It's just not funny. It's just such a cheap shot. <laughs> yeah, if it was funny, it'd be grand. Yeah. Oh, if only Americans I, I, were funny. Maybe then they'd leave everybody alone. Sometimes Americans are funny, mostly accidentally, like when they fall or when um, they accidentally <laughs> when they start a themselves. war. Yeah. I fell on the way home today, Ben. I slipped in the puddle. It was, it was awful. Oh, no. Um, you're right. 
Yeah, I'm grand. Yeah, yeah. I just fell. I slipped off a curb into a puddle and I splashed down in the puddle and I was lying in the puddle and I went, ah, oh, fuck. And uh, oh God, if I was an American, awful. it would have been hilarious. But Ben, um, yeah, I, I, I don't think... Irish people are notorious for saying, ah, we're gas crack. We're always slagging ourselves. We're always having a laugh. We're always joking about the place. But as soon as someone makes the same jokes in public on an American thing, everyone's like, oh, this is racist. This is you Paddy fucking watch yourself, <laughs> You watch yourself. <laughs> we'll send Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson over with shillelaghs and they'll give you a battering now in a second. I'll show you how to whack with a patty. Um, yeah, I'll show you a patty whackery now in a second. Who cares is my point. Um, yeah. Um, look, it, it's probably a bit of sensitivity. It's just, look, for me, it's just fucking old rope. Do you know what I mean? It's it's like just get a new thing, just but make fun of the fact that we have outrageous inequality or a corrupt government or that we make too much money and we don't do anything with it or you know anything like that. That'd be good. That'd be relevant. Yeah. But I don't I don't know if it would Ben. I, I okay. We have a you're saying okay. Welcome to Michael and Benjamin's podcast. We're going back in time to Michael and Benjamin's podcast, and now we're about Irish politics. But we have one of the least corrupt. I'm not saying we don't have a corrupt government, Ben. <laughs> we do but we have one of the least corrupt governments in human history so like that's that's very parochial that's not going to be funny internationally I don't like, care about international people Michael I want to be but, funny for us yeah but that wouldn't be funny if they said if if Jimmy Kimmel went and said oh here's Colin Farrell now and Brendan Gleeson and I bet one of them knows someone who works in local government and is a vulture fund. And all the Irish people would be going, <laughs> vulture funds, that is relevant to Irish interests. At that the is relevant to we. And people in the Philippines will be going, oh, they must have big bastard birds in Ireland. They must be enormous. Big fuck off birds in Ireland. <laughs> big massive birds are just pumping money into them. Like, <laughs> it's broad. It has to be broad because yeah, it's, it's right. aimed at an international audience. It's not funny, but I... Like, I don't think there's any need to be sensitive about it. Yeah, no, I don't think there is. We're probably fine, Michael. It's probably yeah, fine. Grand. They'll take it on the chin. They'll be grand. I think it's just, yeah. it's probably just one of those things where it's just like, hey, hey, we're a great little yeah. nation. You leave us. We're a great little nation of, of honest to goodness, richest people in the world. Oh, Jesus. Which really is one of my least favorite things about Irish people. But anyway. Yeah, anyway, look. Sure, look, Benjamin. In honour of Ireland getting an absolute hockeying out of it at the Oscars. Yeah. And and Shockton Nagelga, two Shocktons Nagelgok. Um, Dos Shocktanos Nagelga. That's how they say it exactly in Irish, yeah. We decided to have a look at a bit. Of, in the past, we've done our famous segment, Irishman Suspos. Yes, Michael. And we've somewhat, we somewhat kind of used up Irishman's suspense. I don't think there are any more Irishman's suspense these days. They're not producing enough for us to do, Michael. <laughs> well, they will. We'll just have to take a year or two off and then there'll be some more drunk Irish people in space and it'll be grand. They'll be or Jimmy Kimmel will put his foot in it again. Yeah, yeah. So instead we decided to have a look at the good old homegrown Irish films. And you yeah. proposed an, a new genre. Well, it's not really a new genre, Michael. The Irish Gothic has been around for a very, very, very long time. But in in terms of a cinematic subgenre, it's really coming into its own over the last 10, 15 years. And that's it's probably what's quite interesting, Michael. Probably what's now, quite what interesting. what do you mean, Benjamin, by the Irish Gothic? 
So the Irish Gothic, Michael, has, a, as I said, a very long L history. And as it, does, as it so often does, Michael, the, the, the Gothic starts in literature. Oh, it, it almost always does, doesn't it? It almost always does. It's an unavoidable thing, Michael. Now, when we talk about the Gothic, you will have heard of her. Uh, you will, of course, have heard of the Gothic in general. Oh, a creepy woman in a window. What's she doing? Uh, She's what, looking at you. What's that? A haunted home? Oh, no. Yeah. Is that what this is about? Irish ghost films? It, it, it's a bit like that, Michael. It's a bit like that. But there's an awful lot of subtleties that go into the Irish Gothic that make it into something very, very different. So when we talk about things like this, we really, really have to look at the history. And Ireland actually has a remarkably... See, I'm, I'm very dangerously close now, Michael, to my own little bout of a great little nationism. Um, oh, great little rock. Floating we're not a million Atlantic. miles off that. Um, but, Michael, there is in our literary history uh, three books known as the Unholy Trilogy. <laughs> Sorry, I cannot speak yeah. anymore. I've given up. <laughs> Let's just do an awkward pause again. Neither can I. I can't speak either. Let's do an awkward pause and then we'll get back to it. Great stuff. Very good. <laughs> yeah, no, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was really, really good stuff. Michael, there is something known as the Unholy Trilogy um, of Irish Are you saying Trinity books. or Trilogy? <laughs> trilogy. <laughs> trilogy, okay. But they are all from Trinity, so that's quite interesting, okay. Michael. They are all from Trinity. So the one that we all know, Michael, and the one that we've covered several times in this podcast is Dracula by Bram Stoker. Have we? Yeah. 1897, Michael. 1897, Bram Stoker gives himself a little room to write a a Romanian holiday travel guide uh, accompanied Mm -hmm. by a big spooky fella in a castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a very well-known thing now, Michael. What is probably less known is Joseph Sheridan Le Fanu's Carmilla. And oh. uh, Carmilla is a, is much earlier than uh, Dracula. That came out in 1870, and it's a little novella, Michael. And it's about the relationship of two ladies, one of whom is uh, a vampire, and the other oh. of whom is a good, upstanding young lady. And it's about oh. their, their interplay. Um Oh, is that what they called it back then? Uh, Yeah, but uh, Michael, very erotically charged. Oh. Very erotically charged. Um, And that's a bit of vampire as well, Michael. And then there's another one that is kind of a cult classic if you're a horror buff. Um, But uh, another another man called Charles Matterin wrote um, a book called Melmoth the Wanderer. And that's actually a little bit of a a proto-Eldritch boy. Oh, go on out of here. Yeah, so that was that came out in 1820, Michael. And the three of them have become kind of a defining kind of guide for the Irish Gothic as we go. So if we, we break it down a little bit more, Michael, um, what we quite often get is, what, what you have to look out for in the Irish Gothic, Michael, is something that's a little bit creepy. Spooky, yeah. scary skeletons. Sending okay. shivers up your spine. There has to be a general sense of dread, mystery, and suspense. Okay. Okay. The other thing that you need to work with this, Michael, is a slightly supernatural element. Now, one of one of the things that really separates the Irish Gothic from traditional Gothic and from Southern Gothic, for example, is that there's no definitive supernatural element in a lot of the Irish Gothic. All right, go on. It's hinted at 
Mm. It's strongly suggested, yes, but it doesn't necessarily manifest in okay. a full sense. So the prime example of that, Michael, would be the snubbed Oscar film Banshees of Inisherin. There's no ghosts in that at all. There's not even a single banshee. But it's heavily implied that the little old lady who hangs about the walls is a creepy little banshee. Oh, was she a banshee? She's the banshee. Is that why it didn't win any Oscars? Because people were confused by subtext. Yeah, Americans don't get two things, Michael. Humour and subtext, which actually go hand in (laughs) hand and probably why one Mm. doesn't come the other. But it's a chicken and egg situation, Mm. Michael. It's a chicken and egg situation. They had the little donkey. He was up on the stage. He was up on the stage, Michael. And then he made a weird joke about Sprint Airlines. I just don't get Jimmy Kimmel. He's not funny. That's what it is. It's just that he's not funny. It's just it's just that he's not funny, Michael. It's just that he's yeah. really, really not funny. He's um, not funny and the, he's being broad. And he's like, look, I've got a donkey. He's a big broad boy. He's, he's going to do karaoke with me. Is that Jimmy Kimmel? Did he, did he make it do karaoke with him? Yeah, I think so. Is that Jimmy Kimmel who does that, the karaoke's? I don't know. No, that's, uh, that's the other Jimmy. Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Stewart. No. <laughs> I can't remember. Jimmy Schmitz from NYPD Blue. Ben, you posted yeah. a, a little poll for the readers and listeners I did. on Instagram today. I did. And you posted the best Irish gothic film. And the interesting thing about these films is not one of them is a horror. Not a one, Michael. Not a single one. I actually thought you were just posting what's your favourite Brendan Gleeson film. But in fairness, you don't get many of them without them involved. But Michael, see, this is the thing, right? This is this is it. When we're talking about this, it's not necessarily horror. It's dread. And that dread okay. can be caused by something supernatural. That dread can be caused by a general sense of ennui. That dread can be mm. caused by existentialist angst. That dread can be caused by nihilism. It doesn't matter what causes it, Michael, but it's there. And one of the things that sets the Irish one apart yet again, Michael, is the landscape. The, the Irish landscape is this desolate thing in a lot of these Irish Gothic films. It's just this vast, roaming, rocky cliff kind of Moorish thing with the occasional abandoned castle or shabine or something and there's a lot of staring out at cliffs Michael there's a lot of having a look over a cliff and going oh Jesus look at that cliff there oh life it's terrible there's probably some sort of tragedy I hope Peg's son didn't fall off there Benjamin is that why you haven't put on here on this poll of your favourite Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson films in Bruges in Bruges is, is absolutely a, a kind of a, an Irish Gothic thing. It has very strong Irish Gothic elements, Michael, including another absolute cas- classic, the Catholic Church, Michael. The Catholic mm. Church. Uh, that's a huge part of Irish Gothic. Um, it is the oppressive force that kind of hangs around in the background of a lot of this. And whenever you want to to really show that a character doesn't give a fuck, he disrespects the church a little bit. You know, he, he's just like, ah, fuck you, father. Or I have sinned. Or in the case of something like Calvary, Michael, it, it, it the church is the is the sinister thing that this man is trying to come to grips with. Uh, Brendan Brendan Gleeson plays a priest who never wanted to be a priest, really, um, which apparently is a tale as old as time in Irish history. But he is forced to wrestle with a collapsing Catholic church and the fact that maybe the church doesn't do any good in Ireland. Um, and the central crux of that film, Michael, is that somebody was, uh, and this is a bit grim, so anybody that doesn't want to hear this, just skip ahead there a, a few minutes, but somebody was sexually assaulted by a priest 
and plans to execute the father uh, in this because of that trauma. Um, and as Brendan Gleeson so rightly points out, he's like, I'm not a bad priest. And he goes, ah, yeah, but killing a bad priest, no one would bat an eye. Killing a good priest, now that would make people talk. And that's the, the crux of the film. He's to be murdered mm. by, uh, unfortunately, a, a sexual abuse victim. And it's really, really fascinating. But one of the key figures in that, Michael, is the landscape. It's this huge, roaming, desolate thing that's just very oppressive. It does. It's not fun. It's not a Falcher, Falcher Ireland ad at <laughs> all. You've basically put you've put four films in the pole. Then you put the Banshees of Inisherin. You put Calvary. Yeah. You put Ondine. Yeah. Or Colin Farrell's "I've Got Your Girlfriend" to use the screenshot, it and you put the guard. And I tell you what, all four of them, they might as well have the same sky. Look at the sky in the mall. It's the same sky, Michael. That's just Ireland. Just, that's just the same grimy grey sky with the same brownie green background. That's just Ireland, Michael. So that you know, all three of those films, at the very least, Michael is. Um, are have a minor supernatural element. So in in Calvary, there is a bizarre painting, Michael, that foretells of the the priest's death. It's mentioned very casually in the first act, very casually referenced again in the final act, and it, it's it's a it seems to be a, a kind of a portent or a, a foretelling picture. So that's the the slight supernatural element there, and that's introduced early on to really infuse just absolute suspense into this because we're there wondering while we're watching the film is that actually a magic fucking painting that knows when Brendan Gleeson is going to die I think that's a magic painting I think that might be a magic painting in Banshees of Inish Aaron we already got the little old lady that hangs around behind little rock walls and she's kind of foretelling of death there is an ominous prophecy in the Banshees of Inish Aaron it is the only instance of supernatural activity in the whole thing and she's not wrong go on so, you know, that supernatural element is there. And again, once again, it's introduced as kind of a, an omen and it, it, it infuses with that suspense. And then the great mystery of Ondine, uh, and this is what makes it a little bit unusual, Michael, is that the young lady that you see in the in the screenshot there, she is uh, purported to be a selkie, Michael, which is a, a supernatural being in Irish and Scottish mythology that can swim underwater and shed its skin and it hides its seal skin Um to walk on land. So it's a bit of a Little Mermaid thing. It's a bit of a Little Mermaid, but they're seals. But they're seals, Michael. Um, and he's a fisherman. Half fish, they're half women, half seals. Yeah. And he's a fisherman and he falls in love with, with this Selkie. And God bless him, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, so he really believes she's a Selkie. Um, and that's the that's the kind of crux of it in, in that one. But once again, Michael, the Catholic Church doing terrible things is all over it. Um, there's judgment. And the other huge aspect for all of these films, Michael, uh, is the sins of the past. Um, Go on. The, the sins of the past... Um, kind of a, a haunted Ireland, a haunted in terms of violence, haunted in terms of scandal, haunted in terms of repression and awful things, is is always present in these films. So uh, in in the case of uh, the guard, he's an absolute bastard going through some trauma. Um, in the case of Calvary, it's the horrific past of the Catholic Church. The Banshees of Inish Aaron is apparently a loose allegory for the civil war in Ireland in general. Oh, really? Just two people yeah. not talking to each other? Yeah, and then, you know, cutting off their own fingers because everybody did that mm. on one side of, of the uh, Civil War. There was a whole bunch of yeah. lads going around with no fingers. Your lads. 
Yeah, yeah, your lads, wasn't it? Your lads, yeah. Um, and uh, then Ondine is a little bit about how we've treated marginalised groups such as the traveller community um, over the last couple of decades. And it's it's pretty interesting when you, you look at that. So we, we get a lot of that kind of Irish Gothic vibe, Michael, when we deal with that. But one, one of doesn't the other... Farler have a, doesn't Farler have a great name in Ondine? What is it again? Oh, I can't remember, Michael. You've you've got me at a disadvantage. And, they, and people get it wrong. And is it punchiest or Sy- something like that? Sy- Syracuse. Sy- and they and they call them. What the fuck uh, do they call? Them? I'll tell you now. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, but on Dean Ben, sorry. Before you go on, make a mental note of your point there. Yeah, no, it's okay. Because I'd I'd like to say something about on Dean. Syracuse, Michael. Yes, you're right. It is Syracuse. And what do people call them that annoys them? Um. Anyway, doesn't... Circus! They call him Circus. Circus, yeah, that's it. Um, doesn't Dean have one of the most wind-out-of-its-own-sails endings of all time? Yeah, it does. Do you remember this? It does, Do you yeah. remember how Dean ends? It's got a shite ending. It's got one of the worst endings of all time. It's got one of the worst endings of all time, Michael. It it ruined the movie. It would have been better, Michael. Now, spoilers for Ondine if you haven't watched it, right? It's a beautifully yeah, shot film. It's actually film. quite good. It's very yeah. well acted. There's a real excellent pacing in it. Stunning performances from both leads. But they fucking shoot themselves in the foot at the end. Um, <laughs> and the, the spoiler is, Michael, she's she's it's, been it's almost trafficked. No, not sex, drugs. It's drugs. <laughs> Sorry, she's been drug trafficked, Michael. Yeah, yeah, she's, 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 a, she's a, mule. a Romanian drug mule. <laughs> um, and she's not singing a haunting song, Michael. She's singing Sigur Ross. She's singing the songs of Sigur Ross, Ben. That's how I heard of Sigur Ross. It's such a fucking bizarre ending. It's so thick. It, it really spoils it, Michael. It, it it does take the wind out of its own sails. Something fierce, Michael. Um I just I couldn't understand that, but it's by Neil Jordan, and it's 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 a real it's a real excellent look at the Irish Gothic. The other huge thing, Michael, that makes something Irish Gothic is that bizarre sense of humor and absurdism that seems to accompany these films. We we know when we're watching the Banshees of Inish Aaron, for example, that it, life wasn't like this. And we're we're in a heightened kind of reality for the purpose of the film. Anytime we see a parochial, uh, uh, sorry, a par- nah, 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 nah. parochial, yep. parochial, parochial town yeah. uh, on film, especially an Irish one, we are really flexing the bounds of what actually happened and and adding a little Celtic spice. In on top of it there, Michael. We we <laughs> don't necessarily have those places. A little Celtic spice, or as it's also known, potato dust. Ben, um, famously, a lot of American reviewers. Now, this might be, this might not be true. This might just be marketing bullshit. But famously, a lot of American view- reviewers saw the Banshees of Inish Aaron and thought it was contemporary. <laughs> Which is just That's brilliant. Very worrying, Michael. Very worrying. Um, we'll, add, we'll add it to the list of things that Americans can't get right. Um, can't. So, look, come here. Come here to yeah. me. 
is one of the requirements then of America? Uh, oh, sorry, I interrupted you a bit back. And do you know what you were going to say when I said make a mental note of what you were going to say? Oh no, I was I was just going to to talk about you know the, the, the there is an absurd element to all of this, Michael. Um, there is an absurd element in the interactions between people. The dialogue is quite often very strange and unnerving. Um, it happens in Calvary. It happens in Banshees of Inisherin. It happens in the Garden. It happens in Undine. It happens in Imbruge as well. It's that hyper reality. But that's a very long tradition in Ireland from the likes of Samuel Beckett or, as you said yourself, Michael Pegg and things like that. There is an absurdist bent that runs through a lot of Irish literature uh, and a heightened reality, even back to things like Ulysses and stuff like that. Ulysses is basically a, retail, a retelling of, as as you know, uh, the Odyssey, Michael. Mm. And um, it's very, very much um, hyper-reality. It's, it's a bizarre absurd tra- travel through a mundane Dublin that gets heightened into something different by mythological influence. And the same thing is true of these, but it's it's so in line with our adoption of the English language as a tool for storytelling that it just fits. It's it's very fittingly, Michael, for Caikish Nguelga, it is a very Irish language approach to storytelling that has somehow moved into English. Doesn't the guard have one of the best ever twists in the world in the what did he come forth in the Olympics or not? Oh, that's, yeah. That's my favourite bit of absurdity from that entire film. It's, it's so strange. Great. It is great. To walk out of a film being so emotionally impacted and so desperately wanting to know whether he really did come forth in swimming in the Olympics or not yeah. was a masterstroke of writing. Really good stuff. And, you know, you've hit upon the final note there, Michael, and it's the tragedy of, of, you know, we are, it's funny, you know, you said it earlier on when we were talking about the Oscars kind of thing. We said, hey, we we can be fucking self-deprecating and derogatory about ourselves, but we'll fucking not have it from you. Thank you very much. We'll not have it from you, Americans or British. (laughs) There is that long streak of of misery and pessimism that runs through us as a nation. And it's very well represented in films like this, where everything's just a touch too fucking grim. Mm. Everything's response I'd much rather watch Leap Year. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade them. I think the Irish gothic genre, especially in film, Michael, as I said, only over the last 10, 15 years have we seen this being developed because only over the last 10, 15 years have we got enough distance from our tragedy that we're now kind of fetishizing it a little bit. And more Mm. than that, are we only now becoming to understand, I suppose, what what appeals to us in a storytelling format like that? Also, Brendan Gleeson and uh, Colin Farrell are available. Yeah, they're doing great work. I'm currently writing one. I'm going to call it The Little Old Island and I'm going to see if the pair of them want to be in it. <laughs> well, what's it going to be about? Is it going to be some sort of tragedy? Uh, it's going to be about two lads, Michael, and they've they've travelled around Ireland as a duo and they kind of entertain people by uh, performing, I guess, satirical kind of takes on on right. um, the news right, and uh, kind of yeah. things that are happening on the telly and uh, one day one of them turns around and uh, he just says look I want to do my own uh, show and basically it'll be the two lads travelling around the island in different pubs and uh, one lad will always be chasing the other lad 
uh, but we don't know which one is chasing which. And uh, oh. it, it, we'll only learn about it through questions with people like Pat Short or Brendan Gleeson <laughs> as barkeeps. And they were like, the other fellow was here. Jesus, I thought it was yourself. And we'll just have that in an endless loop, Michael. Um, and it'll good. be called... I would watch that. It'll be called uh, Sure Aisht, Sure Fake. Shreish Shafeik for for Shotgun the Galga. Let's bloody Shotgun wrap it up there. Anyway, Ben, the caval- Calvary won the poll, by the way. Yeah, it's won it overall, Michael. The most Irish gothic film going was Calvary, Michael. They got it. Well done then. Pipped, pipped the guard to the post. Just just about. Just about. And Banshee's been a share and surprisingly not done well. And I don't think anyone saw Undine except me. And me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, she she was a Romanian drug mule the whole time. <laughs> she was a Romanian Mad. drug mule. That was the twist all along, ladies and gentlemen. That was the twist all well, along. Was she, though? No, she was We'll never know. We'll never we'll know, Michael. Maybe she was a selkie. Maybe. Maybe. There's always the sea as well, isn't there? Does the sea. Oh, Michael, the sea. Oh, the sea. That's where Peg's son fell in. Oh, not the sea. <laughs> Michael, come here to me. Let's ask the listeners, what is your favourite example of Irish Gothic? Is it in comic books? Is it in movies? Is it in television? Tell us. If you write in Red Rock, I will find you and I will give you a slap. Um, ladies, and ge- ladies and gentlemen, get in touch with us and let us know what you think in a few different places. You can find us on the interwebs at www.seomrabuke.com. S-E-O-M-R-A-B-H-E.com. means turn your room in Irish. Ben's going to fight you. I'm not fighting you on his behalf if you liked Red Rock. Uh, you can also get in touch with us on Instagram at Sherlock Listen Podcast. Me and Sherlock Listen disappointingly in English. In English, yeah. You can find us on uh, TikTok of all places if you really want to go and, and see stuff like that. We're actually funnier in short format, so if you can't hack yeah, this yeah. and you want to try something else, Quite head on over. Awkward silences. Head on over there to uh, the Sherlock Listen on the podcast. But the best way, ladies and gentlemen to get in touch with us is to hop up on the Discord for some live chitter chatter hop up on it the link is in the description below it is indeed that's it from us ladies I'm off to I'm supposed to say ladies and gentlemen <laughs> I just can't talk <laughs> I just I great don't know what stuff. it is today great stuff altogether. this is we've pivoted now this podcast is just aimed directly at women <laughs> we're going to have a very bad time if that's the case Michael yeah <laughs> Worst there business our decision listenership. ever. Between oh, the right wing stuff and the aiming at women, Ben, I think that's a pretty small market. It's a very niche market. I'm out, Michael. Goodbye. <laughs> See you next Tuesday, everybody. You're a good bunch of eggs. Mahu, as they say. <laughs>